Howdy, folks. Welcome to Living with a Genius. I'm your host, Omar Crook. So I've got uh, kind of a strange situation here. I have an interview with a guy that I met through a friend of mine named Adriana, uh, who I've interviewed on the show, actually. Adriana Manfredi is her name. And uh, she uh, texted me this one day, and she said, Hey, I've got this friend named Brandon Ogborn. He's really interesting. He wrote a really cool um, and funny play about Tom Cruise, and I think he'd be a great guest. So I thought, yeah, all right, cool. So I, I called him up, and right away he sent me a copy of his uh, play, <clears throat> which is the first thing, it's the first thing that I've ever received uh, from a, a potential guest on the show. So that, that was really neat. I really appreciated that, and so I read it right away, and, and it's terrific. It's fantastic. It's, uh, it's called Tomcat, and it's a story of uh, how Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise met and how he went on this crazy like audition thing and all these women were sent to him for interviews to see if if being his wife would work out i mean it's just crazy anyway it's called tomcat you can order it on amazon i think you should check it out it's it takes a couple hours to read and it's it really stuck with me i think you really like it anyway uh so we set up an interview and brandon came in and we sat, and uh, originally I wanted to talk mostly about his play, obviously, and, you know, plug that plug that uh, for him. And we just got to talking, and we talked and talked and talked from everything from religion to Armageddon to crazy uh, stories, uh, and it lasted two hours, and we had a great time. And uh, so what I've decided to do was to release these uh, kind of piecemeal uh, in half-hour intervals. So I'm going to, I think, uh, release them every Wednesday for the next month uh, in half-hour stretches and see if you like them. I don't know if you're going to like the, the format or, or if you're going to like the interview at all, frankly, but I, I loved it. I, I really enjoyed Brandon, and we've talked uh, a couple times since then. And as a matter of fact, we may be collaborating uh, on an idea that he had um, that he wants some help with and I'm very excited about it I think it's a terrific idea I alluded uh, to it in my last podcast so this is the guy that that I hope to be partnering with um, on a future project which which hopefully will start after the holidays which is coming up you know in the next month or two here so anyway I guess that's uh, about all I've got to say Oh, yeah, I do. I've got this concert uh, on the 11th of December at the Cerritos Center that I've been preparing for. I'm pretty, I don't know. I, I, uh, so I got the stomach flu about a month ago now, and it was right in the middle of Akhenaten. And then we went right on to the Bernstein, which, which overlapped the wonderful town, which had some high loud singing as well. And uh, I have not recovered. My voice hasn't recovered fully. Uh, for solo singing, so I'm a little bit nervous about it. I'm I've been singing through it a, for a couple days. Well, not for a couple days, for a, a couple weeks, a few weeks, and uh, I haven't been able to get through my repertoire. So we've got our first rehearsal tomorrow. Wish me luck. I do have a, a terrific uh, tenor in the wings. His name's Joshua Weaker. So I don't know, Josh, if you're listening to this, I would I would uh, clear my throat if I were you because you may be going on, buddy. But it's tough, you know, this life, this life that we lead is tough. And, and this concert in particular has given me a lot of anxiety. Uh, when I don't sing well and I can't sing repertoire that I'm supposed to be singing as a soloist in front of a 
couple thousand people, uh, it makes me really nervous. I don't know if you're not in this business. I don't know if you can understand that or not. Uh, it's like it's like your in, your instrument doesn't work properly sometimes, and uh, your schedule doesn't accommodate for that. It's just how it is. So sometimes you go up and you sing your best and don't do so well. Sometimes you uh, get up there and you have no idea what's going to happen and you do it anyway and somehow you make it you make it work. And sometimes you just say, you know what, I uh, I got to fold on this one. So I don't I really don't know what's going to happen. I've got let's see, it's one thirty right now. I've got about uh, fourteen hours to decide before our rehearsal tomorrow. So I don't know. I'll keep you posted. I hope you're all having a great day. I want to thank you for listening. And here is Brandon Ogborn. You got the rain barrels. Yeah, so uh, the city of LA has this thing. Um, it's like they give you a they give you a money to get to collect rainwater. So I got the kind of barrels that you can store water in. And um, and I was a little embarrassed like to order them. Yeah. But then I thought, you know, what's the harm of having 55 gallons of fresh water in the garage? Yeah. So the funny part was that the the UPS guy comes over. He's I I don't know his name, but he's a really nice guy. I you know like everybody, I order all sorts of stuff on Amazon, so I see him all the time. And uh, he shows up, and he brings he brings him around because I just happen to be home. He said, "Oh yeah, bring him in the back, will you?" He's like, uh, "What are these things?" And I said, uh, "I said, oh man, they're uh, they're water barrels, you know, because it's earthquake." He's like. He gives me this knowing look and he winks. He's like, yeah, we've got our passports all in a stack. Wow. We've got two years worth of food. Brother, I feel you. I know the, the end is coming. So wow. I was like, okay, well, have a good day. <laughs> hey, man, don't be so quick. That earthquake could happen while he's on the job and he's going to be the one that says, come with me. I know, right? You know? I know. And you're going to be like, bye, doggy. <laughs> you're too old. Jenna and I had this... Uh, I had this project I worked on over the summer called Dog Apocalypse. Yeah, because my girlfriend and I would just do these bits where. So my sister, the the nurse. Yeah. My girlfriend's a nurse too, but my sister's an emergency nurse, and she's like, "Oh, the apocalypse is coming! Like, we really? need an apocalypse meeting." I mean, is she is she like a right wing live mm, in the mountains no, no, kind no, of person? She's, she's a normal super left just... wing, but she likes like me will kind of get into conspiracy stuff and and talk it through to be like what's plausible like okay the sandy hook shooting yeah it, was it a false flag a whole thing there nothing happened it was all like an exercise you know yeah, okay. so i'll send her these things and she's right. like no way and then she'll be like oh that thing about crisis actors there's a, here's a picture of a girl at the Boston bombing who looks just like one at Sandy Hook. Oh, jeez. You know, so oh, but, so God. it's it's all like tongue in cheek. Oh boy. But she'll read like the Pentagon brain, the Pentagon's brain, and stuff like that. So yeah. she's just kind of like, if it does, like, I have an apocalypse pack for you, and I'm like, sure. <laughs> she brings over this bag. It, it was actually this bag, but it was full of like water purifier like first aid kit yeah iodine iodine sure. yeah the constitution yeah like yeah, as yeah, if yeah. like when the road bandits come i can be yeah. like no no no, uh, hold on article <laughs> you know they're gonna be like oh, go ahead and they're not gonna eat me you know and then she had like some trader joe's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah indian like dried indian I, food or yeah. whatever yeah 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 i don't know man but but it's like i talk shit about it 
But when I was in Europe, I was like, what What if it does? I know, right? I mean, I, it seems like the chances are getting... It's where we... It's like where we live that's the concern. Yeah. I read this book called The Long Emergency by yeah. William Kunstler, and it was about the end of... It was like peak oil. Mm-hmm. So the first half was the science of peak oil. Mm-hmm. The second half was presupposing that we do hit peak oil and energy starts to dry up yeah region by region what will happen across the united states so it's like you mean like as the power goes out as the power goes but it's he gets the title the long emergency in that it's not the big one comes yeah but it's like 20 30 40 years of things slowly drying up what will that look like well the southwest will be fucking done yeah i mean they only exist because of water reclamation projects during the great depression you know the right. river dam phoenix already like it was the fastest growing city then once the crisis Crash. hit the yeah. fastest city that people are exiting yeah so you have population going down it's just completely unsustainable there like vegas yeah. is a joke yeah, yeah. of a city and you got california like this region mm-hmm. and he's like okay you know these things will dry up slowly you'll see uh um japanese fishing boats on the coast you know and then he does like the south you know all its racial tension anyhow a culture that's built on cars because they were denied communication for so long because everything was just a whistle stop town that's why nascar is so big there because they're like i got my fucking freedom with the car (laughs) you know they were the last ones to get air conditioning yeah so that'll just be like, don't go to the South. Right. I mean, it already is right, right, like, right. don't go to the South. Yeah. But then like, you know, New York, Anna, but then like the Midwest, he, he says, it's like, that's where you'll be fine because you're surrounded by lakes and rivers. So if it gets down to the point of like trading, yeah. you got the you riverways, have, yeah, yeah. you got the fresh water. Yeah. I mean, Lake Michigan's like the largest fresh body of water, I think next to Lake Victoria and right. Russia. So, and the cultural, um, well-being of your neighbor is such a midwestern thing yeah you know they're right. like how you doing bob you know you need a casserole i heard you're sick that that's just how it'll stand that people will just not put up with like the suffering no they're of not yeah. they're, no that's yeah. not right there you know come on over yeah so i mean the, i think california would be fine if we annexed everything to the north basically yeah but yeah. also like racially i mean you live in a you know segregated area on a different way and yeah. like you're in this incredibly wealthy african-american neighborhood sure. but you got your latinos in one area mostly and don't you think that you know, that that uh that, that it's like a emergency? powder keg is well i feel like that kind of emergency can also transcend those differences like remember when the towers fell in new york everybody came together all races and all yeah but is it because it was like one singular event that that signaled the emergency and not some kind of evolution of degradation in some way well then also you got to ask yourself what kind of city did it happen in like new york's a city where you ride on the subway yeah and there's i mean it's like a just a melting pot of people yeah that's what i loved there it was versus when i, I lived in chicago are we recording yeah yeah uh, versus when i lived in chicago yeah for eight years like yeah there's there's black and white but like i would take my stepdaughter went to school on the south side like yeah. 28th and mlk yeah and like when i would take down the bus to go meet her i would be like white black white black it'd get to um roosevelt stop all the way so we get off it would just be black and i'd be on like a black bus going all the way new york 
there there was no like white flight or anything right and maybe it's because so many slaves went up there and they're free people since the yep. 1700s right that there's not that like weird delineation of some, some yeah kind like or, even yeah. everybody's just like how you doing i mean yeah new york people are like they're assholes no i didn't get that at all i, people, didn't either, I saw yeah. everybody talking to each other yeah everybody on the subway of different races i even had like I was out at till like two or three in the morning. This was years ago when I was out seeing my friend, Adam Schwartz, who lived there. And we were in like a rougher part of Brooklyn, like mm-hmm. Clinton Hill, which even now has gotten so much different. But there was like a group of like a half dozen African-American guys who looked rough, but in the sense of like baggy clothes and sure. stuff. And so your, your mind from habit goes like, oh, danger, you know, be alert. And they, they walk by Hey, hey, what's up? How are you guys doing? What yeah. what bar did you go? Oh yeah, cool. You know, yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, whoa! Like they just don't have that. So with nine eleven, I wonder like, not. I love, I love we just started as we're sitting here like let's imagine another nine eleven. But like, I wonder what that would look like, because New York's like we're fucking New York. Yeah. Fuck you, asshole. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. city. We stuck it together, Koch, Giuliani, you fucking ass. <laughs> but it's like, don't fuck. In LA, I think they're like, we have a new museum. That, well, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it's going to be like, this is LA, bitch. I don't know, Maybe man. you get that with like at a Kings game. I got to tell you, just yesterday, my mom, uh, on Wednesdays, my mom comes and meets with Will because she, she loves him and she spends a day with him. And, um, and so she was here. And we were all sitting in Will's room and we were, I, I brought up to my mom. I said, so what is the, what's going to be the trigger in the months or years to come when we move out of the country? Oh, okay. Like what is, what is the, what set of events needs to occur for us to rationally make a decision to leave, to mm-hmm. sell our houses and to go? And where would we go? Um, you know, my wife got really upset, and she's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not leaving my parents, and what, we're not going to move out." Was this a post-Trump conversation? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I mean, so you look at the uh, the appoint the cabinet appointees that he's thinking about. You you look at the the fact that we're one state away from the federal government to to have the power to amend the constitution in mm-hmm. any way they see fit. Um, I see the ACLU taking in more money than they ever have in the history of the organization since 1883 or whatever. That happened after Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They took in like almost $8 million, I think, you know, the first week. Um, And so I think, okay, so is it, is it when Muslims are, um, you know, have to wear tracking devices, they have to register? Mm -hmm. Is that, is that the trigger? Is it when uh abortion is made illegal is that the trigger like what is it we're actually for the first time talking about it i'm a fourth generation southern californian my kids are fifth generation californians and we're talking about moving to new zealand yeah new zealand you know or or madrid yeah uh just i I don't know i I don't know what to do i part of me says uh, the biggest part of me says we have to stay and fight and protect Mm -hmm. our fellow american brothers and sisters uh, but then that that kind of I don't know if it's cowardly or if it's self-preservation, but I think of my kids and I think, do I want my kids to grow up in, in that kind of struggle? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know. And then have you have you um, heard about this like Latvian um, soothsayer that died in like 1994? This woman who predicted all of this, like she predicted 
the the metal birds flying into the airplanes and flying into the buildings. She predicted uh, the rise of Trump, basically, and she predicts that he is going to be our last president. Okay, is have she you read like, about this? Who is it? She's who, this blind woman from like Estonia Latin. or Lat. Yeah. So she's some crazy gypsy. Yeah, yeah. She's. <laughs> What's the guy who di- who died in? They, Nostradamus. They pre- Nostradamus. Yeah. So she's like she's the like new. A, she's like the new Nostradamus. Nostradamus. Exactly. Anyway, and she said birds fly. In- she didn't say the twin towers she was well like, she said i mean it was it's i'm like i said i yeah, yeah. i think this might appeal to you a little bit more yeah. let me say lat vn uh what, what do you call a soothsayer like a, Pro- a prophet, Pro- prophet? Or, or what's that like a, a prophet well no. i mean i don't know if you call him a prophet but prophecy yeah what if is... you make a prophecy are you a prophet or is profit when you talk no, to what's God? No, what is it when you see into the future? What's that word? God. I don't know why it's escaping. I know, right? Uh, future seer. What's it, what, what was Nostradamus called? He's uh, Look at it. Type in Nostradamus and see what his wiki is. This, we're digressing real quick in this I interview. Know, <laughs> we're right. we're can, Googling stuff. I can probably... Uh, I can probably edit this out anyway, but I want to... I want to talk about this Nostradamus woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, Baba Vanga. She's Papa Bulgarian. Vanga. She's no. Bulgarian. <laughs> Bulgarian. Yeah. So she predicted the rise of ISIS. She predicted 9/11. The blind. Oh boy. Well, this has to be true because it's uh, www.ancientcode.com. Oh. So this is be pretty... aware of all the fake news that's out no, there. No, this is the yeah. This is not fake because that sounds legit yeah she's the bulgarian prophet made predictions over 15 years ago that are unbelievably accurate and chilling i can't believe knowing what i know about you that you have this is like your next uh, screenplay right here you get is uh, she still with us or no, is she, she crossed she over? died in 1996 see i like i like to read the specificity of the prophets okay so here's baba vanga's major prophecies from 2016 onwards. 2016, Muslims will invade Europe, which will cease to exist as we know it. Okay, so Brexit has already happened. So okay. Europe does has ceased to exist as we know it already. The ensuing campaign of destruction will last years, driving out populations and leaving the entire continent almost empty, in quotations. So I don't know how okay. serious she was about that. So 20, your New Zealand idea is a good exactly. one. Exactly. I do have friends in Madrid, though. Do you? I know, I love Madrid, too. I loved it. We know it very, very well. 2023 the earth's orbit will change nobody really knows what this means i like how they make that known nobody really knows what this means but the other stuff we're all very certain about elon musk uh we'll have something to do with it mankind will fly to Venus. okay now 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 we're just it sounds like a bunch of horse shit that just sounds preposterous Um, look i don't know this lady yeah she's from latvia and she's blind Oh, she's Bulgarian. I mean, still, but it's like those are places where you're blind, and they're like, "You have a gift." <laughs> anyway, she... they don't do that here. They're not like, "Oh, you're... well." Although Ray Charles lives right, used to live right over the hill. From yeah, there. and it's funny. He's uh, he's one of the few. Uh, he was one of the few people up here that has a tennis court, which is, which I find kind of ironic. But well, he anyway. was faking it. <laughs> no, that's a fact. That's another Let's see what Baba Vanga theory. has to say about that. Oh my God, 1997, Ray Charles regains his eyesight. Um, 
It happened. So welcome uh, to alternative uh, history. <laughs> I want to talk more about when before we start recording. I want to talk more about the way you were raised, because okay. you know the way that's the way that I kind of start the podcast generally. Yeah. So let's pretend like we're starting now. And so uh, we're not recording. Yeah, no, we're definitely recording. Okay. Um, but you just said before we start recording. Yeah, I mean before I before I normally start recording. Oh, okay. Like yeah. we we cut so. Tell me about your childhood. You 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 grew up in the in the south? No 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 Michigan. Oh Michigan, that's yeah. the north. Yeah, that's the north. Yeah, the Midwest. Is it the Midwest? It's the Midwest. Yeah, I, I it grew seems up kind of. I don't know. I've never understood the term Midwest. I think it pretty Michigan's... much. Ohio is Midwest, and then once you get to Pennsylvania, then that's it, the east. It's the east. I see. Yeah. Does that have to do with the colonies? No, it's just the way the regions are. It's I like see. you have the west, the plains. Oh, the plain states. The plains are, I think, technically the Midwest. Um, Nebraska is considered the Midwest. Okay. If I'm correct. Yeah. So tell me about uh, about this homeschooling business you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. Well, we were talking about your homeschooling your kids. Yeah. Um, I grew up homeschooled up until um, eighth grade. Yeah. The reason I'm asking is because, like you said, like you mentioned, I'm I'm doing it with my kids, mm -hmm. and uh, you seem really smart and well adjusted. So <laughs> I want to talk about how. How homeschooling? How did that happen? Yeah, how did that happen? Well, uh, my dad's a, a really brilliant guy. What does he do? He's an electrical engineer, but he's also like a an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, my uh, dad is the same way. Yeah, he's an got engineer a lot and of, an entrepreneur as well. He's got a lot of projects. Is he an inventor? Um, no, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, he spent the last eight years working on a board game. A right-wing board game oh, right. called yeah. The Game of Politics. Okay. It was originally called the Rush Limbaugh board game. Oh, and so, how do you win? You don't. <laughs> uh, okay, but he's, he's an electrical engineer? Yeah, That's how electrical and mechanical. So, like, if you go to Starbucks with him, yeah. he, he the company he works for, they also would design the cases at Starbucks. The case, you, what do you mean? Where the they cases? put the pastries and stuff. Okay. So, like, I'll go to Starbucks with him and he'll be like, Yeah, Dustin, uh, I'll get a uh, coffee. And then he'll be like, How's this baby holding up? Is a, <laughs> is a double reverse freezer component? You know, and uh, the guy's like, Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. know and he's well, like, how do you want your coffee? Ah, oh, look at this. You see that curve right there? That was me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he did okay. Yeah, he does great. So he does he does his mechanical electrical engineering in the day, and then at night he works on his. He also owns a cleaning company. Yeah, that like he bought a, from his best friend, like like offices and houses. Yeah, and they stuff. clean offices and uh -huh. stuff. Uh -huh. um, and they're still in Michigan. Yeah, they just locked down the Barnes and Noble contract in Grand Rapids, so it's a big deal. Wow, well, that'll, and that'll uh, be a good one for another yeah. eight months. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, he he does different things. So like growing up, he would be like i mean when i when i was first born he was a christian radio dj and um then he would just like do different he'd be like hey i'm getting into the stock market don't know anything about it you know or commodities yeah and he actually made a little money doing that but then like lost it all <laughs> so it'd be like different you know there'd i mean always he's, be it like sounds like he's got a lot of skill like lots of aptitude to totally aptitude. does he have the does he like stick to itiveness well, what to is an it? extent, like there'll be things where he'll like buy a car in Florida, yeah, for like two grand, yeah. right? 
and he's he'll be like i can sell it for three and he'll drive down and get it spend like three days doing that put like money in the car yeah like you know and then i'll be like sold it for 2700 that's a 700 dollar profit i'm like yeah but there's a lot of work (laughs) (laughs) and then uh he sounds like me a little bit yeah i'm a little bit that way well he would i even remember i i mean i love him i hope i'm not like making fun of him but he he is eccentric like i do remember growing up at one point he was there was some computer warehouse that went out of business and he just like bought them all so the whole basement was just like tower computers yeah my mom was like, Bertus, she's like, Bertus, you dropped me up the wall. She'll say, she's like, I can't even walk around in my house. And he's like, I'm selling them, baby. I, and he's like, put them, put them in the paper. Yeah. But he was also selling guns. What? Like legally, you yeah. know, he like can he sell a, a gun, yeah. you know. So he'd have like his guns and stuff. And then he was like working out. This was after, this was like shortly after 9-11. Speaking of conspiracies. Because somebody gave him a videotape that was like 9-11 was an inside job. And yeah. it's like a presentation. I can't remember the guy's name. He was in that movie Collapse. He He's a a famous like conspiracy theorist. He was like an ex-LAPD. And he's like, he, this guy now is living in like an Indian commune in like the middle of nowhere. Because he's like, it's all going to. But this is in 2001. So my friends come over. And I, I wasn't home. It was like one of those after school. You know, nobody had a cell phone. So they're like, yeah. hey, just meet me at my house. And the door's always locked. So they come in and they're like, yeah, man, you weren't at your house. <laughs> your dad was. And I was like, yeah, so what? And he's like, because my dad brought all this like workout equipment too. He's like, my friend is like, yeah, I come down the stairs. Your dad is jumping up and down on a miniature trampoline. Like while, this, while there's this 9-11 conspiracy video and he's got two guns strapped inside oh, wow. <laughs> of him and he's like in your house it's full of computers like what's going on and your dad's just like hey mitch how's it going uh, so, so yeah that's uh that's my did dad. you inherit any of that stuff any I mean, of the guns? No, I mean the conspiracy stuff. I know that you write um, about conspiracy theories and it's, it's kind of your I bag, mean, but do little... you buy into it or do you just find it interesting? I find it interesting. Yeah. I don't really buy into it. I, I don't mean, either. Yeah, I can't. The... I mean, the amount of coordination and sacrifices to be like, thousands of people would have yeah. to make to pull off a conspiracy of any yeah. caliber. I mean, there definitely are weird things of like with 9-11. Like, sure. Why did the Tower 7 fall? Like, how did the building <laughs> collapse? Those kind of things. Yeah. But I mean, and, and you know, people That's are a like, lot of energy. Project for the new American century. They wanted to build a pipeline in the Caspian Sea, Wolfowitz, Rumsfeld, you know, the cabal. And it's like, yeah, well, I mean, we went to the Gulf before. And I mean, that was also kind of a conspiracy, though, of like the girl, you know, this is at Saddam Hussein time when the, sure. the little girls, like, oh, they invaded and they, took the incubators and left all these babies on the ground to die. Do you remember that? Story? I don't remember that. So God, now I'm like digress. Um, so when Iraq invaded Kuwait, yeah. remember? Yeah. Um, and before that we had a really good relationship right. with them. Right. He was selling us oil at a very reasonable right. price. So he invades Kuwait and he's not going to sell us oiling. So to get public support, this is, did you ever see the movie wag the dog? with Robert De Niro and Dustin Hoffman. 
Yeah, it was about the media, the guy that who owns the media conglomerate or something. No, no, no. It's um David Mamet wrote the script and it's um like a fake war in okay. Bosnia basically okay. and this TV producer played by Dustin Hoffman mm-hmm. creates the war. Right, right. On like green screen and stuff. And right. Kirsten Dunst plays like a girl they put in front of a green screen and there's like bombs going off and they're like, Give her a cat, give her a cat. <laughs> yeah. And Woody Harrelson's in it yeah. at one point and he plays like the soldier that they're gonna like I think I did make a it. hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's bananas. Yeah. Like the whole third act is just him like being nuts and I'm trying to So it's based on I mean Mamet wrote it, but um I think it's based on a book, but there's things in it that like in real life, this yeah. is like you can pull it up on Wikipedia. In real life, we invade Kuwait, this girl goes in front of the UN or Congress, I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. And she's like, I was I'm a nurse, I was in Kuwait in the hospitals, the Iraqis came in. They stole the incubators. They left all these babies on the floor. All these infants died. That got all the public support. They were like, we got to go. We got to stop these guys. Right. Never happened. The girl was the daughter of a um, amb- U.S. ambassador to Kuwait. A advertising company in New York was paid to create that. What? Yeah. And it's like public record. It's like, yeah, yeah. So stuff you know, does happen. So stuff does happen. Yeah. But I do think like going to all that just to go take out Saddam Hussein. Yeah. Do you think they, you know. I still don't it, understand what that was all about, frankly. I don't think anybody does. Well, there you go. That's Brandon Ogborn and yours truly. We'll call this, uh, let's see, what episode am I on? I'm on Josh Guerrero's episode 45. So let's call this episode 46A the first in a four-part series of my interview with author Brandon Ogborn. He's doing great. He's got representation. He's got a bunch of irons in the fire. I hope we're going to do something together. We're going to get in touch with each other after the holidays. And you never know. could be something really fun. I'll definitely keep you guys posted. Keep your uh, fingers crossed for me this weekend. I I don't know how it's not looking great, but, you know, you never know. Uh, What else? I guess that's about it, guys. I really thank you for listening. I uh, I love doing this. I'm hoping to do it twice a week. Uh, this may be the start of that. Let's see if I can line up enough guests. If you all know of anybody who is interested in being on the show, shoot me an email. And shoot me an email if you uh, like what I'm doing already. Send me a dollar or two. Go to my website. Hit the Donate button. It takes a couple seconds. Do it through PayPal. Uh, it's it's really appreciated, and the money uh, is well used, and I use it just for uh, for producing this show. As a matter of fact, I'd like to get another microphone, which leads me to thanking Michael Nielsen at michaelnielsenmusic.com for letting me use a Shure SM7B microphone. Thanks, Mike. And listen, Shure Audio of America, if you're listening to this show, send me a couple more because I love them. I'll plug you till the day I die, all right? Well, don't quote me on that, but it's a matter of speech, and, you know, at this point, I kind of mean it, so, you know, send them over. I also want to thank Gregory Geiger for helping me with my theme song. Still loving it, buddy. Go to laclassical.com. Tell him I said hi. I want to thank you all for listening. I hope you have a great week, and I will uh, see you on Monday. Until then.